the episode you are about to hear was created prior to our rebranding to Foul Play. If you have any information on any of our cases, you can visit us at itsfoulplay.com. Uh, here's where the bus stops. That where the buck stops. 
Okay, He's where the buck stops, you know, in, in the words of, of um, Mr. Old Mr. Truman. So did you handle cases for Baltimore City or the whole state? For the whole state. Okay. In, in Maryland, it's a state system, and the office of the medical examiner uh, comes under the state of Maryland. Okay. So... In order to be a medical examiner, what kind of training is required for you? The training is that such person uh, is, if he, if he has got the qualifications, I'm not sure that in every location they have all the qualifications, but let's say the medical examiner has all the qualifications. Then he is a medical doctor. He is a... Um, uh, he could be a, a, a DO, but uh, normally the med is an MD. He has had four years at least of work as a pathologist in a hospital that comes that is accredited for such training by the American Board of Pathology. Then uh, uh, he takes another year as a in an, in an institution where he can get forensic training, like a medical examiner's office or a coroner's office, uh, and where somebody will train him, will teach him. Unfortunately, medical schools do not address forensic pathology in the curriculum. So do you remember how old you were when you were the medical examiner here in Maryland? In Maryland? Well, I came to Maryland in 1951. No, sorry, in 1959, I came to Maryland. How old I was? Well, I was born in the uh, wonderful year of, <laughs> of 1926. Can you imagine how old I am now? About 29. <laughs> 20, now I'm 29? Yeah. yeah, that would be nice. But right. I'm 93. I'm, yeah. I'm 93 and I'm still working. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Shane is on the call with me. I just didn't want you to think it was just me, but I'm so excited to talk to you. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> we know that you did Sister Kathy's autopsy. Yes, I did. And I did that years before I came to Right. To Michigan, I did this autopsy. That's correct. Now, do you also visit the crime scene before a body is removed? No, but I did see pictures. Okay. I have I, I have received pictures. I saw the pictures in the back of an old uh, brick building, and there was a uh, I think there was a uh, a, a brick factory, uh, something like that. They, there were a lot of bricks strewn around in the in the in the yard mm -hmm. and she was there uh in the winter time in that in january i think it was wasn't it in, in, in the yeah. winter time yeah because she was uh really not dressed for the weather it was snowing it was uh, and she was uh not undressed but her skirt was pulled up above her waist or above the 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 thighs, 
and uh, 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 her shirt was uh, also dis in disarray. Right. Uh, the picture shows it, and yeah. um, nasty pictures. Uh, was a young woman. Uh, it was obvious that this was a sexually motivated uh, murder. I was going to ask you that. We, I've seen the pictures of Kathy's head wounds. One of the pictures, you commented that in spite of a skull fracture, there would not have been a lot of blood. Can you explain that? No, there was not a lot of blood. That's, uh, you know what I did, actually? Uh, I was amazed by that, and uh, that there was not any any blood that I could, you know, when blood dries, it stays. It right. uh, congeals, it clots, and it makes like a a flaky type of a of a coating on stuff that it dropped on. And uh, so I, I, uh, my opinion was. By the way, somewhere is a picture of a skull of a man that worked on the building being built, a construction worker that did not wear a hard hat and a brick when he was on the ground level uh, on the street next to the building which was being built for the University of Maryland Hospital, and a brick fell from the 12th or 13th floor on his head and killed him. It hit with a corner of the brick, and the corner the, the, was the fracture in his head looked like a, like if you go to um, a very quiet body of water, and you throw a stone into the water, it makes like a ripple. Have you ever seen that? Yes. You 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 throw a rock into the water, and it makes fractures like ripples all the way around. And interestingly. The same exact pattern occurs when a pedestrian is hit by an automobile and the head hits the windshield. It looks exactly like the pattern of the fracture of a rock falling on the water in a in a on a quiet quiet water, and uh, you would drop a a pebble on it, a rock on it. And it causes that ripple, just exactly like the picture where that construction worker had lost his life. The bottom part of that uh, fracture is depressed, is the lowest point of the picture. The lowest point of the fracture is the little area, the tiny little area where the corner of the brick hit the uh, the bone, the head of the, the top of the head. And in that little tiny area in the very bottom of the fracture 
is cement, because bricks are made of cement or mortar or something like that. And there was sand from that dried little piece of uh, brick that got broken off and stayed in the fracture. And around this were increasing diameter-wise ripples all the way to the outermost, and there's like six or seven or eight of those fractures. Mm-hmm. Ripples all the way around. And she, the sister that died in, that, in, the, in the yard in, in that outside of that building in, in the suburban Baltimore, that, that uh, fracture was just exactly like originally, it was just exactly like the fracture of the, uh, in the head of that construction worker. But the, when the body decomposed with time, because she was out there for a while, the pieces of bone within that ripple pattern fell into the skull. Can you imagine how that happened? The, the soft tissues, the uh, uh, skin and whatever it was uh, that was on her body, it, uh, <laughs> the bone fell into the, the skull because the, well, when the, sky, the, the head was handled and so on, and uh, uh, that all of this, all, move, all types of movement, maybe even wind, uh, caused the fractures to uh, drop into the interior of the skull. So that when I got the, the, uh, the, the body, the pieces were largely in the inside. And what those pieces that were not were, became dislodged by handling, bringing the body to the medical examiner's office. There could be a head fracture, but the skin would not have to be broken. It could still fracture underneath. Well, when you look at the fracture of the construction worker, you will see that those fractures are actually loose. Once the soft tissues on the inside that hold the bone many times, but in this this, uh, case, they decomposed as well. So eventually those pieces, those bone, bone pieces fell into the interior. Mm-hmm. And that's where they were recovered from. I could have taken them out and rearranged them and glued them back, but I didn't do that. We have heard that two men who were possibly the perpetrators returned home that night covered in blood. How would we explain that? You know, there, were, there could have been no bleeding to the outside. There would have been bleeding to the inside because the pieces of bone were all pushed inward, and it could have been that she continued breathing for a while, and because the brain, the sorry, the uh, uh, heart has its own uh, electric plant that caused causes it to beat, and uh, the uh, uh, her breathe, she would have continued breathing for a number of minutes, and spewed blood droplets all over, big droplets, small droplets. And if the body was handled, there might have even been blood coming out of the nose, coming out of the mouth, 
in the process of breathing. The actual impact may not have made a hole. Right. Because I tried that. I tried that on human skin, on another skull, on a skull with skin, and hit it with a with a brick, with a corner of a brick, and there was no penetration because the skin is elastic and it goes with the blow. Okay. You said I don't remember if I put put down anything about. Did I put? Did I examine the neck and wrote that there was a fracture of the hyoid bone? Yes, I was going to ask you about that. There's yes. every chance that you have strangled as well. Okay, so the crown, the horn of one of the of the hyoid bone, one of them was broken off. Right? The hyoid bone is a thinnish bone, not very steady, not very strong. It's a thin, and it's thin, and especially the horn. They've got two horns there, so one on each side. So when the neck is handled, when the neck is grabbed, when the neck is compressed, and when the person is strangled, there many times there is a uh, fracture of the hyoid bone, of the horn of the hyoid bone, and uh, one of them, sometimes both. And uh, when that causes... Uh, when that is involved with a subsequent death or during strangulation, uh, the person dies eventually if the man, if the strangulation by hand or by with a noose. If the person is uh, is uh, dying, the breathing that continues and the heartbeat that continues make them spew blood. Why? Because. The death is an asphyxial death, meaning that from lack of oxygen, from lack of air to breathe. And consequently, uh, blood is spewed with each, with, with each um, uh, breath that is taken. And uh, if the person, I've seen that so many times, a person is strangled, lies near a wall on the floor, say, uh, and you know there was a case in uh, in in uh, I don't know Maryland or Virginia uh, where a woman was uh, raped by a sailor or suspected of having been raped by a sailor was the the Norfolk Four that was the name of the case and uh, uh, she lay near the wall and the wall was covered in a large amount of blood. From her lying there, breathing after she was dead. So is the strangulation usually first, and would that make someone unconscious? And then that could be. That could be. Which is likely to happen first? That could be that she was killed actually by strangulation, and that the the uh, hit on the head was subsequent. So if it was subsequent, there would have been still bleeding. There would have been still bleeding to the inside or bleeding uh, uh, outward by breathing and um, handling the body would have caused blood or turning the body. Uh, anyway, the uh, handling the body would have caused blood on the individual that handled her. So if someone was strangled to the point where that cr the uh, horn is broken, would that render them unconscious? That could uh, cause them to be unconscious, or could them, or could cause death. 
Okay. The 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 death would occur primarily uh, either by pushing on the airway, or it could occur from um, from pressure on both carotid arteries because the carotid arteries are the ones that bring by far most of the blood into the brain. And the brain needs a lot of oxygen. Dr. Stitt, there's a picture of Kathy's head wound with a measurement, a diameter of a, it's very round and it's about an inch. And I'm wondering what are some objects that could make a wound like that? I think she was killed with a corner of a brick. Could, it, could other things have made that kind of round? Well, something with a corner, something with a sharp corner. You know, there's also a mention, I think, on on a case that occurred here in uh, Detroit, where there's a big hospital here called Beaumont, and uh, there was a nurse there that worked till midnight, and then she went home. And when she came towards her car on the parking lot, her husband waited for her and... Uh, I don't know because of jealousy or because of what, uh, I don't remember, but he hit her on the head with, what? I can't hear. Oh, she tried, Diane tells me she tried to divorce him. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. Uh, people And people do strange things. So anyway, so, and uh, you can probably find it on the internet as well. The case name is Kado, K-A-D-O. Okay. He's in jail. And unless, unless I let him out, this was many years ago. He went and bought an instrument. Uh, the police didn't know what what killed her. And uh, I told him she, she was killed by metal object with a corner. The reason I knew it was metal is because there was black on the bottom. Where the point is, at the very bottom there was black, greasy material. Mm -hmm. Now, greasy material, we have fat all over our body. So when she was hit with the object, she broke the bone, a round bone with a ripple, and uh, at the bottom is a point, and there was black grease down there. The, when you, you, well, let me not ask you, that, but uh, anybody who carries a gun and cleans the gun, they clean the gun with a rope, with a, a string or rope that has at the end a piece of um, cloth. And they pull the cloth through the barrel with the, on the string. And after a few times that you do that, the string has oil on it from the tissue that it goes through the uh, um, uh, and the um, oil mixes with whatever little fragments uh, there are tiny tiny fragments of lead and those are inside of the barrel and when that comes out on the uh, when you pull it out through the barrel the cloth is black and uh, the same happened here, and I told that to the police, and they went to the house, they looked all over the place, and they found on the kitchen counter, they found a receipt, but no fireplace in the house. And the reason I'm saying that is because what was bought with that receipt 
was a uh, wood splitting wedge. Mm. Now mm. the wood splitting wedge has a corner if you hold it at an angle. Right. So whatever could Kathy have been hit? It didn't look to you. I have a copy of the autopsy, but it didn't look to you like it was metal because there would have been no grease on it. Could it have been? No, no, no. That no. Cato had grease on it. Okay. Because he bought a wedge, but she was not hit with a metal object. She was hit with a brick. Are you okay? What else could make the same kind of wound? Anything that has that can make a corner. Okay. That but, can that has a corner. You can do it. You can probably do it with a uh, with a heavy object that will break the skull. Because mm -hmm. skulls are not easy to break, but the that portion of the skull where she was is very, very thin. In fact, it is it is not much thicker than 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 paper. Right. It's right above her ear. Right. Yes, that's yeah. where the that's where the temple is. Right. That's the thinnest bone. That's probably one of the thinnest bones in the in the in in the body. Mm -hmm. Dr. Spitz, what would the kind of wounds that Kathy had tell you about the perpetrator? Probably well, it was a sexual, it was a sexually motivated crime. It was a sexually motivated crime that uh, led them to to rape her. I suspect because why else would the clothes be in disarray and pulled the skirt pulled up and the skirt pulled up and uh, I mean. That's what happens in many of these sexually motivated crimes. So could that have been staged? Could the perpetrator have left her that way purposely? No, I don't. I doubt that. Because no. that's what she died. That's what she died of. Mm -hmm. She yeah. either died. I, I could not determine because the organs were all gone. They are no, maybe not gone, but at least un unexaminable because um, the the she was. This was not a fresh body. Right. You also, about a year after that, did the autopsy in Maryland on a young woman named Montagna, and she was murdered. Um, she was hit in the head with a cinder block, and she was left face down with her beautiful hair spread out and a lot of cigarette burns. What would... What would that tell you about the person? Well, if she has cigarette burns, and that's documented that they were cigarette burns, then that was a case of torture. Okay. And the cinder block, she was hit in the face with the cinder block, but she was left face down. And she had long, beautiful blonde hair, which was spread out around her head. Um, we, The police think that perhaps the two crimes are connected. Is there, do you remember Grace Montagna? I don't remember that at all. Okay. And did I do that autopsy? Yes. She was found in the Mount Auburn Cemetery on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I don't the remember that at all. Okay. And she was near a brick factory, actually. But you know, you know, the fact that she was turned face down is a frequent observation in sexually motivated crimes because they cannot, they kill the, the, the girl, and then they turn her over because they cannot look her in the face. 
How many autopsies do you think you've done in your life? I have either done or supervised uh, 60, wait a minute, 62, what is it, Diane? 65? 65,000 autopsies. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, but I, it contains, it, 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 that number contains, because all the offices where I've ever, ever worked, and that means really two, because I worked in Baltimore as deputy chief and in Maryland, and then I came to Michigan and I worked in Detroit. But in Detroit, I worked for the county of Wayne, which is Detroit, and also in another county next door called the county of Macomb. That's M-A-C-O-M-B. Uh, in those two counties, in those two counties and in Detroit, in uh, Maryland, I, they, they, they were both uh, places where uh, the American Board of Pathology gave us authority to train people, pathologists who wanted to be forensic pathologists. So they would do autopsies and show me the autopsies and discuss those autopsies with me, and we would examine the body together uh, right there in the autopsy room. And so I, if I put all these cases together, it comes to approximately 65,000. What's a typical day like for you now? Besides now I don't do many autopsies. Now well, I do like uh, maybe, maybe if, if I do a lot of autopsies now, I do about 75 a year. And then you spend a lot of time doing presentations and I do a lot of other work, yes. I do a lot of other other work. Everything within the realm of forensic pathology, but mm -hmm. not not a lot of autopsies. And I miss it, I can tell you that. But that's how it is. Right. Doctor Spitz, I don't know if you were you're aware, but today is the fiftieth anniversary of the day that Sister Kathy disappeared. Really? Yes. November seventh. Today is the very day. Yes, November seventh, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah. So we're all having we're having a, a candles lit tonight for her all over the world. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah, so we I wanna thank wow. you. Well, I I do have one more question. Do you think Sister Kathy was killed by somebody who knew her? It almost looks that way. And it so almost looks that way. But how can you really tell? The body was moved. That's my recollection. The Correct. body was moved. Could it not also be that here is a girl walking somewhere and somebody grabs her and puts her in the car and kills her and rapes her and stuff like that? Could it not be also the same? You know, the way I, am, I reason is I'm not the only one that makes decisions. We have to very, very seriously take um, the knowledge that we gain from the police investigation. And the police, when, it, when they do a good investigation, it is magnificent and gives a lot of, of information. And the police know, knows more than I do. I know what relates to the body. They know what, it, what relates to everything else. An interesting comment. 